cut yourself some slack. I've gotten so much better now that I'm in my 40s, but I am notorious for taking on too much and then like literally shaming myself that I can't get to it all. If you've ever done this and I feel like most of us have. Who who is this serving? Why are we trapped in this loop of like not understanding that we we have to sleep. We're human. We we're not capable of doing all the things and we often get a little bit excited and plan a little too much and then we have to just remove things off the list as we get closer and closer to the deadline. Let's take back control now over making this our favorite time of year even if it hasn't been before now. You guys, we can do this. This is episode 120 of Multi-Passionate Like a Boss, and I'm your host, Jenny O'Connor. I'm a writer, entrepreneur, and certified shiny object lover, and I'm obsessed with finding the easy way to live the dream. Hear this, my squirrel-brained friends. The most freeing moment of your life will be the moment you discover conventional wisdom isn't meant for you. It's meant for linear thinkers and specialists who are motivated by a different definition of success. We shiny object lovers, on the other hand, know that doing what we love is not a privilege. It's an obligation. That's why in this multi-passionate corner of the internet, we're designing lives and businesses on our terms, disrupting how it's always been done and flipping the bird to all of the awful sounding things we should do. So if you're a rebel, a curious misfit, or a creator that shrinks from doing the inauthentic, hit that subscribe button and let's write our own rules for this brave new world. If growing an audience on social media feels like a slog and you're convinced there has to be a better way, there is. It's email. The average ROI for email marketing is $42 for every dollar you spend. Plus, email reaches approximately 79% of the people you send it to. Instagram, 13.5. Ugh. But a lot of folks aren't using this highly effective strategy because they think writing emails is too time-consuming or that they're no good at storytelling. If you've ever thought that yourself, my free guide, Write Better Emails the Easy Way, will change the game and help you craft memorable, money-making newsletters in just minutes a week. Get it now at JennyOConnor.com forward slash email. So this is part two of the holiday survival guide series, as it were. Last week was the food and fun edition. So be sure to listen to that if you haven't yet. This week, we're talking about mental health and self-care. And both episodes are assortments of time and sanity saving tips from my random ass multi-passionate life experience. So they don't cover everything that might go wrong during the holidays, but hopefully at least one thing in here will serve as a life preserve should you find that you need one this holiday season. And stick around to the end to grab the link to the downloadable PDF with the recipes, the links, the printables, everything that I'm talking about in both of these episodes. All of that good stuff is included in one gorgeous PDF just for you guys. And I've combined both of them together. So if you've already downloaded last week's guide, you can just go back to that same link and re-download and it will have the updated version there for you. Okay. Let's talk about staying sane during the holidays. I don't know about you guys, but the first thing to go during the holidays in my family is communication. My house is the definition of too many cooks in the kitchen or hurting cats or any of these other idioms that mean utter fucking chaos. 
And I think I've determined that the biggest reason for this is that my family is guilty of assuming things. As you may remember, if you've been in my orbit for a while, my best friend has words of wisdom every so often. And one of these is about assuming. To assume it makes an ass out of you and me is what he says. He also says assumption is the mother of all fuck-ups. Like he has two sayings for this particular crime against humanity because it's the worst and we all should stop doing it. So here's what happens. People in my family assume that they know what somebody else in the family wants. Often what happens then is that the assumer the person who's making the assumption in the first place ends up doing things that make them uncomfortable to accommodate what they think someone else wants, even though they've never actually asked what that person wants. And then the alternative to that is that they just become an inadvertent dictator. They assume they know what everybody else wants, so they make all of the rules and everyone has to follow them. And yet here again, no one has been considered for real in this conversation. So on the off chance that you are a part of a family who is guilty of this, let me tell you how I have found to kind of deal with this situation. Pattern interruption. That's what you're going to do. You're not going to assume anything yourself, obviously, and you're going to open up the lines of communication with everybody else who's going to be involved in your holiday festivities. If you have a significant other, make sure that you're on the same page with the plans that you're making, because this time of year, people might be sharing cars with other family members or saying yes to social functions without keeping their significant other in the loop. Don't be that guy. Make sure also that you discuss codes like code words, safe words, For things like, we need to get the fuck out of here right now, or I need some alone time right now, or I'm going to break something. And lastly, make sure to be allies for each other. So if you're not sure what it is that you should be planning for preemptively, just think of everything that has gone wrong in previous years and come up with a strategy now so that you have an escape plan routed, mapped out, should you decide that you need it. So we'll talk about scheduling in a minute because the event planner in me has lots to say on that subject. But I've really found that it's helpful to ask every single person how they feel about doing such and such if they are indeed expected to be present at this particular event. So things like when they want to have breakfast the next day or whether or not we're all going on the road trip to Joshua Tree. This just eliminates like 97% of the stress, at least in my family. So take that if it's useful, leave it if it's not, and let's talk planning. Shop early if you can. This is a no-brainer. The overstimulation of being out in holiday traffic makes me really irritable. I think it makes most people really irritable. And if you are like an introvert or a highly sensitive person, it's kind of the worst. So I like to go early in the mornings on weekdays if possible. And I try to be done by like the 15th of December. Also shopping small and locally really helps me feel like I'm doing something I'm giving back. And that increases holiday cheer kind of without you even realizing it. If you and your family intend to do events together, 
consider making a daily itinerary or putting the events that, you know, if there are multiple events, there usually are putting those on a calendar and like sticking that on the refrigerator. So people can just see when to be where and what's expected. Cause like I said, herding cats, this just makes your life as the person in charge. If you find yourself in that position, it just makes your life easier. So in my household, we even make a list of meals and what we're having on which days and what time we're serving them. Because my mom gets annoyed when people are eating snacks like 30 minutes before dinner. But if the list is on there and people can see it, then that is a grown up making themselves a snack that's going to spoil their dinner. And there's nothing that you can do about it. Just accept it and get on with your bad self. Another thing that I can't stress the importance of enough is on the night of the big holiday meal, or if you're choosing to host a party that you're inviting a bunch of people to, strategizing your oven space in advance. It never fails. Whenever there's a big get together in my world space and and cooking things at different temperatures causes a crisis. And it's so funny because we we've all been participating in holidays for a very long time. And yet this is always a problem. And I think it's especially like with friends of my generation who are starting to be the ones who host as opposed to our parents always hosting in the past. These are just considerations that we we haven't had to deal with before. So so they're new. If If you are hosting for the first time this year, this is the most essential piece of the puzzle that you need to have plotted out in advance. So You can remedy this by keeping a spreadsheet. So let's say you're having a party and people are bringing things. You can keep a spreadsheet of what everybody's bringing with the cook time and the cook temp that will be required for it to be served at the ideal temperature. And what's great, like I know that sounds tedious, but it's so, it's so critical. And it allows you to, if you can see what people are bringing and you know that your oven space is, is full, is maxed out, like all of these things need to go in the oven at different times and you've got no oven space left. You can just tell people to bring stuff that doesn't need to be heated, you know, desserts, salads, things of that nature. So this gives you the control, which is important to have when it's your oven and it's small. This bird's eye view strategy is what I used as a wedding planner. And I'm going to include my spreadsheet that I actually used when I did that for you to copy and use for yourself. So page one is for guests that are bringing food and keeping track of all of that. And page two is a timeline. So as a, as a wedding and event planner, the timeline was the biggest piece of pulling off a flawless event. And basically what it entails is going through the day, the event, whatever it is, minute by minute and writing out every single item that has to occur and when it has to occur. And you figure that out by reverse engineering back from when the event starts. So if, for example, with a wedding, if a bride needs, you know, three hours to get her makeup done. So how far back, what, when does that need to start so that she's ready for photos so that the photos are done by the time the ceremony starts, et cetera, et cetera. What you're going to do is not nearly that complicated. You're just going to consider each item on your menu and 
reverse engineer what time that has to go in for the meal to be served at a certain time. So you've got your mashed potato casserole. It takes 50 minutes in a 350 degree oven. You put the time that it needs to go in on your spreadsheet, and then you add each additional item that needs oven time. And then you can sort of see where you can consolidate. So I learned at the cooking school that you everything, cooking times and temperatures are absolutely flexible. You can cook things at lower temps for a longer time or at higher temps for a shorter time. So once you can see all of those things, when they need to go in and how long they need to cook for, you can sort of consolidate. Okay. We can put all of these things in this oven. Like if you have a dual oven, this oven at 350, and we'll put these things in this oven at, at 400 degrees. And once you have this mapped out, you just have to sit down and think about it for like 20 minutes one time. And then you can literally print that sheet out and it has a minute by minute itinerary for the night of the big event that you could just be like, oh, it's 740. These three things have to be done right now. It makes things so freaking easy. And if you've never tried it before, this is going to change the game for you. Another thing that wedding and event planning taught me was to have contingency plans. And it's great advice. And I wanted to include it here until I realized that contingency plans don't really work during the holidays. I mean, when you drop the sweet potato casserole in the driveway and it shatters all over the place, it's not like you're like, hold on one minute, let me go get the backup sweet potato casserole I made for this exact possible circumstance. That's that's not going to happen. And alternatively, like say that happens and you feel like you still need to contribute something, you would just have to go to the store and get it. But like no one wants to go to the store this time of year. It's again, it's the worst going out into the throng and the mayhem. So instead of suggesting a contingency plan like I normally would, I'm just going to offer the reminder to all of us, myself included, to remember to be flexible. This is supposed to be fun, right? I, not everybody feels that way about the holidays, but but inherently, that's the vibe. It's supposed to be a fun time of year. So remember that today's disaster will be someday's good story and togetherness is way more important than sweet potatoes. Just try to take yourself less seriously and and try to have fun. We'll be back after a quick break. This episode is brought to you by the Dream Job Academy. Does your job bum you out? Do you long to feel excited to spring out of bed in the morning and energized to tackle work you adore? We all deserve to feel like this. Our time on this planet is short. Shouldn't we all spend it doing the thing that makes us forget to eat and pee? But wait, you say, I'm multi-passionate. I have no idea which of my million passions is the right one to make a business out of. That's exactly why I created the Dream Job Academy. Put your million and one passions through my signature Dream Job distiller framework and you'll get back $1 million idea. Plus you'll walk away with a 30 day action plan and a foolproof system for creating the next one when it's time to add another passion to your portfolio. If you're ready to love what you do so much that you never work a day in your life, snag the dream job Academy self-study course at jennyoconnorcom forward slash dream. So holidays can also be hard for people because they bring up memories of loved ones who are no longer with us. Or because we are kind of forced to spend time with people we wouldn't normally choose to spend time with. But it can even just mean high intensity interaction with people that we actually really like. My family and I are crazy about each other. And I am grateful for that 
all of the time, but it doesn't change the fact that the holidays involve like intensity. Like we're in each other's spaces. It's concentrated time together. It's the mother and daughter dynamic. It's cranky teenagers. It's crying infants. And it can be a huge challenge to guard your emotional well-being when all of that is going on. So the self-development junkie in me has a couple of hacks that I particularly love that I think can help with this. In episode 108, How to Raise Your Vibration and Why It Matters, I talk about the 22 emotional scales, and I'm also going to include them in the Holiday Survival Guide so you have a frame of reference for what the scale looks like. This particular tip invites you to familiarize yourself with the scale and make a habit over the next couple of weeks to ask yourself at any given moment, where am I on the scale right now? Because awareness of that is the first step. That is the essential piece to everything else that I'm about to tell you. Once you have that, once you're aware of where you are, you become empowered to consciously reach for a better feeling. So something that is one, two, maybe even three notches higher up on that emotional scale. So that episode has a lot of tips for how to do that, how to reach for a better feeling. And I want to say here that I specifically don't recommend correlating reaching for a better feeling with reaching for another cocktail. Although if you do, who could blame you? And you'll want to see last week's episode for all of the remedies that will save your life if you happen to overindulge. And an addendum to this tip is to create an escape for yourself, especially if you're an introvert or a highly sensitive person or an empath, being in those intense spaces with a lot of people back to back to back, which is what usually happens this time of year, um, going to multiple parties, feeling like you can't say no to a lot of those people. All of that can be very, very draining for people who don't choose social behavior 24-7. I've become a lot more aware of my introverted tendencies and needs in the like last decade. And I now realize how valuable it is for me to have a plan to just step away. Even if I'm enjoying every minute of what I'm doing, I need to remind myself to take myself out of the throng just for a couple of minutes, just because I know I'm going to feel better after. So it could be taking a walk, doing a short meditation, uh, doing a yoga session, It could be the briefest of escapes to the bathroom to take a few deep breaths, to splash some water on your face. If there's only one bathroom, don't hang out there for a long time. That's not cool. Um, Another tip is if anyone forgets anything, like the host needs something and it's not in the fridge, you can offer to be the one to run to the grocery store. I know I said going to the store is like a terrible idea, but sometimes it's just a nice little escape. You get some time in your car, you can listen to some music and kind of decompress before you have to go back to the party. But plan in advance for how you're going to take this time for yourself so that you can call upon it in an instant when you need to. A friend of mine went to Thanksgiving with her family recently and on her way there sent me a message saying, I give myself permission to leave if it gets intense. You can do that too, but you have to go in knowing that you have a plan and I guess in a sense, this is the contingency plan. It's just knowing that you have an escape plan plotted out waiting for you if you need it. If you're going to do something like this and you have a significant other, communicate it with them. Like I say, have a magic word so that you can disappear at a moment's notice and not cause any like worry 
or chaos. And that person can be like, she'll be back with us in a moment, you know, kind of run interference for you. And you can do the same thing for them. Like absolutely have some give and take around this. And so it, it, maybe this sounds obvious to you guys, but if it doesn't, I can't, I can't tell you how much I invite you to try this because it was so game changing for me to just escape and do a yoga session during the Thanksgiving holiday. It just, it righted the ship. It made me feel like I had my sanity back. So a few more tips for highly sensitive people, introverts. Um, if you're at a busy party and you feel like you need a break, like you're, you're feeling kind of overwhelmed by all the social activity, ask the host how you can help and then like get your butt in the kitchen and prep some stuff. Um, or afterwards when everyone's chatting or playing games, you can get a jump start on taking the trash out or loading the dishwasher, that sort of thing. And that, that's another, like, you look great. You made yourself like the helpful little elf but also you're getting a little bit of time to decompress. Remember to say no to some of the invitations that come your way so that you can conserve energy. Like maybe you have the energy to visit family that you don't see very often, but you'll you'll need to skip your coworker's potluck to balance that out. That's okay. I like to do a cost benefit analysis for each event and ask myself, is this how I want to spend my time? Especially considering all of the other events that are going on. Like, do I want, is this a fuck yes? Because if it's not, it's a no. And and that's, unless with family, sometimes it feels like an obligation. But if that's the case, then you need to, to sacrifice something else so that you can keep your alone time, your uh, recovery time sacred. Also be sure to schedule time in between events so that you can recharge. It also helps, I think, to drive to events separately, perhaps from your other family members, um, because that gives you downtime. That lets you sort of like mentally prepare before you go to a party. And it also lets you leave early if you decide that you need to. If you, if you know you're going to want to leave early and you're worried about how people are going to take it, let the host know when you get the invitation. Say to them, I can only stay for an hour, but I would absolutely love to come see you because that validates the host and it manages their expectations. They will be aware that after an hour, you're going to get you gone. Another very important way to stay sane is to ask for help. Like the holidays mean we suddenly have so many more things to do than we normally do. And there are tons of people around usually, but for some reason, no one knows how to do this <laughs> enough for themselves to ask for the help that they need. If someone is sitting and you need help, ask for help. I, I feel like this is a message for my mom specifically, but for all of you out there who are overachievers, ask for help. If this is the only time of year you do it, it's so important. So if there's cooking, cleaning, decorating, wrapping gifts, if any of those things don't bring you joy, those aren't fun, ask a family member to do them. If you, I, When I was a kid, my family would pay me, it was a quarter a package. Um, it would probably be more what with inflation now, but I wrapped everybody else's Christmas presents for them. Imagine having that entire job taken off your plate by a teenager who could use a little extra spending money. Also, if you don't have a family member you can ask or a kid that you can bribe, 
uh, or lovingly coerce, you can look at a service like TaskRabbit. If you live in a big city, I've talked about TaskRabbit before. It is, it's, <laughs> I basically say it's for rich people who need things done. But around this time of year, I think that these splurges are absolutely worth it because you can ask taskers to do anything for you. I one time signed like a thousand Christmas cards for a company and I had to, I had to write four different signatures and they had to look different and not like mine. It was weirdly one of the hardest jobs I've ever had. Like try to write four different signatures and make them look the same and do that over and over. It's weirdly hard, but you can ask people to do stuff like that. You can have people come and bartend for, for your party or clean up after your party. I'm sure they would wrap presents. I was never asked to do that, but they will wait in line for you at a store so that you're the very first person to go in when it opens. If that's something you want, they will decorate your house for you. You name it. They will, they will, you, you basically just write in, here's what I need done. And people can decide if that's something that appeals to them is within their skill set. So a very, very great resource. I'll definitely include the link to TaskRabbit in the guide as well. So when it comes down to it, if it's just asking someone to take out the trash because you're utterly pooped, ask, ask more. And my last tip for you guys, boss fam, is just cut yourself some slack. I've gotten so much better now that I'm in my 40s, but I am notorious for taking on too much and then like literally shaming myself that I can't get to it all. If you've ever done this, and I feel like most of us have, who who is this serving? Why are we trapped in this loop of like not understanding that we we have to sleep. We're human. We, we're not capable of doing all the things. And we often get a little bit excited and plan a little too much. And then we have to just remove things off the list as we get closer and closer to the deadline. Let's take back control now over making this our favorite time of year, even if it hasn't been before now, you guys, we can do this. So the giving of grace feels like a good note to end on. Give grace to yourselves but also give grace to the people that drive you crazy. And I know that that is easier said than done, but if you're forced to be around them anyway, giving them grace is also a gift to yourself. Like it will allow you to regulate your own nervous system and downshift your own stress levels. So that really is the gift that keeps on giving. So I hope this helps you have the most magical holiday ever. And if you enjoyed this episode and found it helpful, will you please share it with other multi-passionates? It's the season of giving. I said that on the last episode. So share it so that other people who are multi-passionate can have a little bit of relief themselves. Also, if you want those tips on raising your vibe for when everything around you sucks, do go check out episode 108, How to Raise Your Vibration and Why It Matters, but also look at episode 87, which is a 10-minute tip about loving up on yourself so that your holiday is the best it can possibly be. We're talking king and queen energy. It's a really, really good one, so don't miss it. And don't forget to grab your free copy of the Holiday Survival Guide. It has the recipes, the printables, the detailed instructions, the links to all of the tools and TaskRabbit and supplies that I recommend that you lay in so that you will not be caught unprepared. You can get that today at JennyO'Connor.com forward slash holidays. And until next time, remember, we're all just a human in front of a Hallmark channel 
wanting to see two flannel clad people fall reluctantly but madly in love. Now get on out there and do the thing.